Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And you can tell our friends And they can have my things when we're dead But we're gonna live forever we forever It's Friday TGI Boys Friday First podcast exclusive for the boys on Boys Fridays With your host, Ryan Long Just an eventful, uneventful year in America Just, you know, if anything would happen just the news has been nonstop bore, snore, ha ha ha. As I was about to start recording this podcast, that's when the gates of Washington were stormed by the armies. The Civil War is officially in effect. One thing I will say is that looked pretty fun to be at. <laughs> A lot going on. I'll probably talk about it more next week because it's currently happening as we speak. And I have a lot of other stuff I'm going to talk about, but the... Out of the gates, I was like, you're going to see all of the same stuff you've seen before. I mean, first of all, every single one of us are hypocrites, you know, probably including myself. But you're going to see a lot of people condemning this one that thought the other protests were sick. Then you're going to see other people that are like, hell yeah, for this protest that have been complaining about, you know, the other protests for... You know, the people that were participating in the other one smashing down windows or look at this. Sean King's going to have a lot to say. Sean King's profile is going to be popping. Give me a lot of hot takes coming from that area. One thing that in general always happens is I think people forget with these, you know, and again, I've been to lots of the protests. I always go because it seems like a fun thing to watch. And what people don't realize is within, you know, six months to a year, all those people go to jail. <laughs> like I remember the G20 when I was in in Toronto I went to that and it was a lot of people that I knew, you know, a lot of people in the punk scene that were out there. And then over the next two years, slowly you'd hear, yeah, you remember this dude? Like that guy's doing like eight months. This guy's doing two years. So all this stuff, you know, people breaking into the White House or whatever the fuck they're doing. A lot of those people are going to jail. So, you know, I would say <laughs> to anyone that's thinking about, you know, this seems fun for five seconds. A lot of funner things you can do to go to jail. You know what I mean? If you're going to say, listen, let's do five years in jail. At least try to steal something. You know, create a pyramid scheme. A tax evasion cult. Something like that. There's lots of better things you could do if you're willing to take the five years. You know, I would like to, you know, do some Martin Screlly shit. Where you just create a fake company. Lie on your statements. Just bank money. Have it work out, and then have it all taken away from you. Screlly, featured in my video last week. When I was talking to, um, when I was talking to, uh, when I went to do the Tim Pool show, he he's very like, because I know a lot of people that are, you know, the Civil War is coming. What are you gonna do? And he, he was, he's got like a bunker, the whole thing, and he goes, he's like, what are you gonna do when the the Civil War happens? And I was like, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like fucking, I don't know. And he's like, well, it's like coming. So, you know, there's going to be basically like blood on all the streets. Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, 
I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to Canada. And he goes, well, you won't be able to go back to Canada because they're going to close up the borders and New York will become like, you know, run by one of the sides. And I'm like, I guess I'll die then. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do when the rebel armies storm the gates of the East Village. A lot of light, a lot of hyperbole going on, verbally. <laughs> crazy, crazy year. You know, most people, like I said, are still sitting in their sitting in their bedroom right now. But it does seem like a lot's going on. I had some people that I know that have been involved in all these protests on both sides. I know someone that went to, you know, this one and they were like, hey, we got an extra like seat in our car. You want to come to the Washington protest? And I was like, no, I don't. As a matter of fact, I'm going to fucking storm the White House. No, thanks. Duh. It's crazy out here. It's funny when you do talk about the normal things now, you know, like the fact that comedy's canceled. The, the amount that nobody would give a shit if I tweeted right now, like, fucking, you know, these Nazis won't let comedy happen. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, there, we're, there's literally a war going on right now. And they're still trying. They have right now, I saw a few pathetic friends of mine <laughs> that are doing shows in the subway. And you go, don't let them degrade you like this if you're a comic. They're going into the subway. They're setting up a microphone and performing for the few people that are sitting there with masks on the subway. They've, comedians have literally been turned into homeless people. Their, their act, you just come on, you grab the mic, you go, my name is Ryan Long. I am unemployed and hungry. That's the act. Don't do it. Have some dignity. The, the, the level, it's the guy that has the girlfriend that he's like, I can't, I gotta stay with her. He's got her fucking licking her shoes. Spend it. She she works, but he still pays for everything, even though they make the same amount of money. Just cheating on him nonstop, getting booked, hanging out with your friends without you, just everything. And you're like, what am I going to do? I'm, you got to get out at some point. <laughs> if you're in New York and you're on the subway telling you, what's the deal with subways? There's always people, crazy people on the subways. Yeah, you. You're the, <laughs> you're the person. My friend who is a comedian from Toronto who lives in Australia, he went to, he, he, he was, he traveled outside of Australia and he went back and they have him in quarantine jail. So essentially how they do it there, you get off the plane and they put you in a residence, has a pool, pretty solid. They give you a room, it's gated and you're locked in there for two weeks officially. You live, you're in essentially quarantine jail. And what happened though was someone in the quarantine jail decided they were going to escape. They made a run for it. And one of the people inside the quarantine prison took the photo uh, or filmed them, you know, ratted them out. And you could see them trying to jump over the fence, you know, to escape for freedom. Australian shit, too. Like, I just want to go to the beach. I just want to go to the beach. I'm in this quarantine prison. My accents are notoriously bad. I do not need any comments about that. But what happened was they eventually found the person. They tracked them down, brought them back to quarantine prison. And now they have armed guards outside of the room. <laughs> and they say that there's I watched the news story. My buddy's on the news about it. And they, they're essentially they're like, you know, that's the thing, you know. Uh, so now they tried to escape. We have apprehended the, uh, you know, the, the escape from quarantine prisoner. And now we have them back in the room and we have two armed guards watching the room. And you go, what the fuck world are we living in? We got comics yelling at people on the subway 
We got people with armed guards outside of their quarantine prison. Washington is full of rebel armies. Every second day, every window in New York is being broken by... Do you think that the Antifa people are watching this protest been like, that could have been us, you know? Because they were ramped up. They were sort of the protest people. It was part of their identity. And now you have these Trump guys out there protesting. That must sting. And doing it pretty good. They're breaking in there. They're getting into the Nancy Pelosi's office and tweeting from her thing, which is kind of funny. And you go, they're just looking at that being like, dang, I wish I wrote that. That could be us. And instead, we have to be here partying in Brooklyn with glow sticks, being like, woo, our guy won. (laughs) Professional protester. And I'll tell you what, some of these Trump people are getting a fucking taste of the good stuff right now, being like, pretty sick, this whole protest business. I kind of see what, you know, I see what the Antifa people were saying. You're going to be seeing left-wing speakers trying to go to the university, and the Trump guys being like, yo, let's shut this down. Remember? Yo, remember Washington? Pretty fun. Music playing? Kid Rock's blasting in the background? My name is Trump! Everyone's lost their minds. Maybe now in a situation where things have gotten officially out of this out of control, where it's like, you know, both sides, everyone in the world, it's it's on. It's time. I mean, at this point, we should probably hear a little bit less about microaggressions, a little bit less about body shaming. Right now, you're the person on the Internet This guy called me fat. (laughs) There has been, that was the theme of the week up until this, you know, every magazine, it was, it was, you know, back to back, doubling down, cosmopolitan, 800 pounds, just fucking, you know, literally my body positive uh, fashion photographer, which I think I'm going to do a body positive um, this week. I'm going to do body positive uh, weight trainer, just, you know. I recommend doing whatever you feel comfortable. If it's one sit-up, here's a picture of a skeleton, which is what society wants you to look like. What I do is, unlike those historical treatments where we put a fat person on a treadmill with a stick holding a ham on a string, we actually just give them a Big Mac and turn the treadmill off, turn the power off, and just eat. Whatever feels good. If it feels good, do it, even if you shouldn't. The body shaming's been out of control, though. And it's kind of like a lot of it it brings it always back to me for the male-female thing because they go, you know, this is a feminine issue. You know, the way that women's bodies... And, like, as a society, to some degree, I think all of us, it's like anyone who's being your, your puritanical rule maker, anyone that wants to give me a list of rules, you need to decide whether men or women are different. You know, I saw recently there's this, you know, 19 year old YouTuber or he's 20 or something. And when he was 19, he was sending te- uh, sex text messages to a 17 year old. So two year difference. Big blow up story. If you Google the thing, it has, you know, 85 articles. Everyone can. So all the like YouTube drama community people are all, you know, this guy's the worst. If you look at the thing, probably half and half. But there is a little probably tip the scales a little more to people being like this guy creeping. You go. Whatever you want to think about a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old doing this, ima- just imagine it the other way around. And you go because the idea is, you know, this 17-year-old girl, she didn't you didn't know what she was doing. He was grooming her. That's like the big one and you go every one of my friends when we were like 17, 18, 
had sex with girls that were older than us. It's just like, we've all done that. And it's like, no, we weren't a victim. And I don't think anyone would think. And you know what? Maybe that's true, that it is a little bit different. But you go, you can't have it both ways. You can't get this like special treatment on these sort of things where it's like, you know, everything, you know, we're we're the same in every other facet of the world, except for when it comes to these things, men and women, the, the, it's like harder on the men and the women sort of get a free pass. And so it's like, you need to decide if it's like equality or it's like kid gloves where a 17 year old girl like doesn't know what she's doing and she's being groomed. And I saw an article, for example, it says, here's a perfect example of something where they're talking about, you know, this is what women have to deal with. It says, Billie Eilish responds to trolls who shamed her for wearing a tank top. And the implication of the article is that this is what girls have to do deal with. And you go, no, no, no. This isn't m- male privilege that they don't have to do it, that they don't have to deal with this. It's female privilege that anyone gives two shits when it does happen. Can you imagine me right now? Why Ryan Long isn't responding to fans who says he has stupid hair? You know, the fans in my comments that have been saying my tattoos are stupid and telling me that I look gay and I wear eyeliner when I don't. Why Ryan Long hasn't responded to the trolls? It's like, no, because no one would care. These are the same people that would go, oh, Donald Trump's orange, whatever you want to say. Imagine an article ever coming up being like how Donald Trump ignores the trolls that have been attacking his looks. What it's like to be a male and having the constantly the internet discussing your looks. And it's like, no, we're reading an article defending this woman And inside the article, there's like five to 10 tweets of like, you know, but luckily the internet had her back. And it was like, yeah, here's 10 people that had her back. Here's you and your friends writing a hundred articles about like, how does she deal with it? And you go, no, it's the females get anyone caring. This stuff happens to every pop star. You know, you think that when fucking some rock star gets fat, when Axl Rose got fat, that wasn't talked about because it was plenty. It's hilarious. Axl Rose, who was like heartthrob, and now he's walking around just like, give me food. He's big. He was wearing dread, he had these weird dreadlocks at one point, not looking good. The guy from Motley Crue, Vince Neil, looking bad. Pig. If that was my friend, I would be killing him. And there would be no one that cared. No one would be like, how does Vince Neil deal with people calling him a fat fuck? when he was a heartthrob of a generation. The article says, Therefore I am, singer, wears a pair of shorts, sliders, and a tank top. Then started circulating around the internet. Billy looked absolutely fine, of course, but she was soon subjected to judgmental comments about her body shape from trolls. Again, half of these people would take, that are writing these articles, defending her, and they go, this is what women have to deal with. All of these people if this wasn't the trendy thing, would take a job at a magazine that was literally like, look how fat this person is a bikini. You know, you just happen to work at the publication now that's like, what we do is we talk about how beautiful every woman is. If this was four years ago, all you scumbag journalists would legitimately be the person that's like, Cameron Diaz is on the beach. Look at this flab. That's like who you are as a person. And this is, you know, what you do now. And the, but the fact that it comes with this like holier than thou attitude, you know, we're sticking up for girls and it's like, yeah, 
Exactly, because that's your mandate. This happens to like all famous people. And Billie Eilish has opened up about the incident during her annual interview at Vanity Fair. And, you know, I never hate the the stars as much because it's like, you know, whatever. She's playing this game because that's what you do. You say, oh, I'm being thing because I'm a woman. You go, all right, like, you know, well played, maybe, because you know all the things I'll write about you. And truth is, like anyone that that doesn't follow you probably doesn't read any of these articles anyway. So it's like a bunch of your fans getting a bunch of articles about how great you are. So maybe you're playing it right. But these people are the same ones that, you know, they're the same people that'll say Kanye West is crazy. This person's lost his mind. And she says, as you know, Billy has previously spoken, as we all know, Billy's previously spoken about wearing baggy clothing to avoid the comments about her figure. But it's something she shouldn't have to do. I mean, listen, show up in a garbage bag if you want to avoid being sexualized. But like the bottom line is that's what happens when you're a pop star. There are a million rappers and DJs right now who have their photo up in, you know, some high school girl's locker right now at her home, her her, her Zoom locker. And that's like part of that game is like, yeah, once you get to be a famous person, you're going to be judged on essentially everything. And now you get to be judged on your tweets from 15,000 years ago. And you could say that's something that women don't have to deal with. And you're like, yeah, there's a lot that comes with being this thing. But it's like the constant like playing the victim. And she goes, if I wear comfortable clothes, I'm not a woman. And if I shed layers, I'm a slut, though you'll never though you've never seen my body, you still judge it and judge it for me. Why is this? And her point is fair, but you go, yes, you can't pander to everyone. It's like people saying, if I talk to the left, I can't really win at their game because, and if and then if I'm trying to talk to the right, it's, people call me this. And then, and you go, what do you actually think? What do you want to do? What do you want to wear? You know, I think the game is if you want to be in the public eye, you need to have some semblance of what do you want to do? Like, what would you like to dress like? If you want to show up looking at garb- in garbage bags, then fine. If the worst thing in the world for you is, you know, as a pop star, men commenting on your appearance, then wear garbage bags and do that life. But then when they say, you know, this girl looks like trash, you should be like, sweet. Yeah, that's what I wanted. But you can't, like, yeah, you can't please everyone in the world. If you could, this whole thing would be easy and everyone would be famous because it would be the simple thing. Here's the one thing you do where everyone's happy. And it would be a very simple scenario. In all the going crazy of the world, it is very, you know, and whether whatever you think on politics, I think at the end of the day, it's probably the most important thing that like the only thing that really matters at the end of the day is people, you know, your few friends who you like, people that you like hanging around with really at the end of the day. Because even when I went back to Toronto, uh, you know, I, I hung out with the boys and stuff and I kind of like, you know, I was expecting when I, you know, went to Toronto, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll feel some fucking, you know, nostalgia. Some, I felt nothing. <laughs> Zip zero. But people go, do you miss Toronto? You know, do you miss Canada? Do you miss Toronto? I go, no, I hate that hellhole. I left it in the dust. <laughs> but of course, I miss the people. You know, I went back. I go, yeah, my friends are fucking sick. It was super fun. You know, I just did the interview with Paul Thompson on the Patreon. Everyone loved it. Because, yeah, me and him, like, invented, like, almost a comedy language together. This guy's one of the funniest guys in the world. And that's, you know, means that kind of stuff is way more important than whatever else this nonsense is going on. This is the kind of stuff he's been up to. (laughs) Paul's such a psycho. He messaged me the other day, and he's like, yo, I'm at this shirt place, and I'm making a bunch of shirts that says... 
financial assessment group festival. And it's uh, on the back. It says fag fest. <laughs> He's like, why? He goes, I don't know. It's so funny. Just making these shirts to say financial assessment group reunion. Then people, <laughs> it's a fag fest on the bottom. People are like, what's he's like, oh, it's just my financial group. <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> but just like the idea of being like, oh, we should do this. And then doing it. And then we're talking about have a headliner of the month, Ontario, just homo. So guest appearance yearly. And then it's gay, you know, whatever. We're, we're having a fun time uh, putting those acronyms together. But this guy did it. This is what he's up to. You know, people are out there. It's like, what are you doing? I'm in friggin' I'm just tearing down the streets in New York for my candidate. I went to Washington and I'm about to get arrested. And Paul's like, made sure this is fag fest. <laughs> and I was like, sick. That rules. My body... Uh, parents are the most susceptible to like, you know, really going wild people, the social justice stuff and all that stuff will go wild. But like in terms of getting carried away with like, you know, real, real COVID, like my buddy is telling me his dad right now, he goes, I, he, he sends him stats every day of like people dying and he goes, make sure you don't leave your house. Like I suggest wearing two masks, all that. And you show me the messages back to him. He goes, these are the ramblings of a lunatic. Put down your phone and go outside. <laughs> I was like, pretty good way to deal with your dad. Just tell him like, you're act, you're a lunatic. Uh, you've lost touch with reality. Put your phone down and go outside. Then there's weasels. We did a, a New Year's. We did an underground party. And my boy, he's there with his chick. And her, some of her friends were there. There's a whole bunch of people. Undisclosed location that I can't tell for all the cancelers to you know write about. They would have a field day if they heard what I was doing on New Year's. But they um, this guy, this guy came up. And he was standing there and he started, he was standing and talking to some other people. And he goes to the girlfriend. He goes, look at, he's way over there. He doesn't even care about you. And then he heard it and he goes, what, what'd you just say? And he goes, he's kind of a big guy. And he goes, come over here. I want to talk to you right now. (laughs) It's like, Ooh, this guy's getting pwned. So he brings him into the corner and he goes, I'm going to let you stay here. But if I ever hear you say anything like that, I'm going to smash your teeth in, you know, all that, all this kind of stuff. And he was like, I'd like you to apologize to me. And I'd like you to apologize. And I was like, Ugh, that is what, and just the the walk of shame back to be like, yes, sir, to a guy that's your own age, yes, sir, yep, sorry, sir, go back. I'm sorry that I said. I go, ugh, that's what you get for being a weasel. You sit in that weasel energy. All weasels should be exposed. You're at a party telling someone that his girlfriend. There's no nothing scummier. Don't get involved in people's relationships. But the Cosmo thing. So, as people know, the body shaming stuff is one of my favorite, you know, topics. And Cosmo went hard. You know, Cosmo, this is healthy. As I was saying on Twitter, there's going to be a lot of fat phobic resolutions trying to lose weight. People saying, you know, oh, I'm going to get skinny this week. Like, that's better somehow. There's the gym. A lot of people were posting. They posted a, they, they sent a letter out being like, you know, grab your sides. You have flab. You should get rid of them. And then they apologized. They go, we are so sorry for calling, saying that flab is bad. It's actually phenomenal. It's an incredible phenomenon. And those who don't have it, get it, got it, have them. Pokemon. <laughs> that is not the saying. But it's funny because, you know, the article about the gym, this is what it said. It goes, when they saw that, it, they were horrified. I didn't even know where to begin. This is what the the person wrote about the gym, you know, telling you you should lose weight in a funny way. And quite frankly, it's easy to see why. It's easy to see why you should be horrified with that. And then what it said was, grab the excess fat around your waist. It's time to get rid of it. And 
the guy came out and he's like, yeah, I was trying to be funny. The gym has said, you know, we had nothing to do with this. We apologize. But, you know, and again, if uh, I don't know who approved this, but it, it, it does come across a little like, hey, you fat fucks. <laughs> like you get that in your email and being like, hey, you fat fuck. Like you want to come work out? I'd be like, you're a freaking fat fuck. You're on fat fuck. You're a fat fuck. But the obviously it was a guy trying to be funny. But the more important thing is like, this is of all the things that are crazy. I think the fat phobias one is the most crazy in my opinion. And Vice, obviously, is, uh, you know, number one proponent of this. But just to show you what changed and how quickly, in 2017, on the Vice page, they wrote an article saying, 2017, how to stop eating garbage and whip your ass into shape. That's what they wrote. And he goes, you know, as a uh, nutritionist and a trainer, there isn't such thing as a bad diet, blah, blah, blah. It says, you know, how to how to not eat late at night, how to cut out processed foods, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's talking about drinking tons of wheatgrass juice and he says he likes uh, blue algae and it's uh, giving you whatever his diet is and that's the article. There's no twist on it. And there's like, by the way, uh, if you finished reading this and you didn't get that this was satire, go fuck yourself. They finished the article, sent it out, here's how to lose weight, Vice Magazine, stamp, Shane Smith. Now, Fast forward to 2020. Vice, if you go, they have an entire section of the website called Fat Phobia. There are 800 articles. And in the middle of that, it says, the new thin, the future of fit. That's what it says. A big banner that says, the future of fit. And then it's a picture of a bunch of fat chicks. (laughs) The whole section. And the article's like, why being thin made me fat phobic. Uh, articles like how to deal with family's fat phobic comments over the holidays. You know, if you go home and your dad's like, you're looking fat, which I definitely, that's one of in my family, everyone, you know, there's a lot, especially in my dad's family, lots of people gain weight and uh, lose weight and everyone's killing them on at heart. Anyone shows up, put on 20 pounds, you're going to hear about it, but you know, whatever, no big deal. Plus size people are discriminated against work. Fat phobia is bad in the bedroom, which I've actually said, I'd like to see the government get involved and I would like them to be considered a protected class in a scenario where the government pays for Big Macs. I'd like to see the government pay for Whoppers and Baconators. But most importantly, I'd like to see the government subsidize bed repair. Bed repair for all. That should be the new platform. Clean eating is giving vegetarianism a bad name. And the whole premise of the article is like, veganism has been co-opted, you know, by these fucking clean eaters. (laughs) The gist is... Just because I'm a vegan doesn't mean I'm not gross. You know, there's this, there's this, you know, rumor going around that vegans get into veganism for health benefits. It's like, no, I don't want to eat animals. Do not confuse me with healthy people. I'm fucking, I'm a slob. <laughs> and they say vegans are fat. Vegans are unhealthy. Vegans are poor. And vegans don't give a fuck about lifestyle bloggers. Fingers up to the world. Despite what you've heard over and over again... Here's a list of things I've consumed over the past week as a vegan. A carton of ice cream, three pizzas, chicken wings, or fake chicken wings, pasta, a tub of of peanut butter, a tub, wine, beer, burrito, pancakes, blah, blah, blah. And they go on and on and on. And you're like, okay, sweet. I'm sorry. You're fucking fat. Oh, just because I'm vegan, I can't be fat. And you go, you can be... This all... A lot of this stuff, it's when people 
boil everything down in the, into their identity and their identity is so friggin' important to them, then they can't let it go. It's kind of like, you know, people that a lot of people that were part of the uh, the super, you know, left wing stuff. And it's so morphed into something else. Punk rocks, you know, general accepted opinions have so morphed into something else. But they're like, well, that word is me. It's like, don't be so tied to an identity. If a group of people take over that word and then they turn it into something else, you're kind of powerless to that. That's why you got to be agile. Can't hit a moving target. You're th- I know what my things are. I know what I think. But I'm not going to let you assign words to them and then change the meaning of what those words mean. That's kind of how they do it. And then you have to fight tooth and nail for what the word, you know, vegan means in this scenario. And then she goes on to explain why the vegan movement has caused a problem for, you know, vegans of size. She says the biggest wellness myth might be that it was never really about wellness at all. It began as wealthy white female food bloggers claiming that this is the new virtuous way of eating that it healed them and it could heal you. However, rather than our collective health profiting from this trend, it's just them or rather than collectively like we all profit, you know, like if we could all share the revenue on their food blogging. As, as she tweeted recently, always eating light, avoiding empty calories, making small meals as nutrient-dense as possible, well, that looks a lot like the fear of being full, which is the ultimate fear. And that would be the 2022 horror movie, the fear of being full. Is it Freddy Krueger? Is it Jason? No, it's an empty cupboard, my friend. <laughs> no, I don't want to be full. Heaven forbid you're not full. And the diet, like this whole industry, it's like some people it works for them and some people it doesn't. But when I have put on like 25 pounds, the biggest I ever was was 200 when I was sitting, making Ryan Long's challenge, just eating pizza and sitting in a room editing for four months and I didn't realize I could get fat. And then I finally got fat. You look in the mirror, you go, oh shit, I'm fat. And you go, oh, this is way worse. I'm more tired. You get sick more. The whole thing is worse. And it's like objectively. And you go, they're profiting on it. He's like, why do you think that there is such an industry for diets? Well, because it's probably one of the biggest potential client bases in the history of the world. If you look at America and you say, okay, half the people are overweight. So 150 million, I don't even, could be more than that. So what other, what other thing has that kind of clientele? If you're talking to, you know, if you're on one side of the political aisle, you're, you know, you maybe have 40% of the people. And even then, you know, some probably not. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. If you're talking about a certain type of TV show, a certain type of music, there is no bigger demographic than fat people because it is most people. So yeah, good industry to get into. Dogs maybe, and there's not as many, but like solid industry. Cars and dogs and fat people. America's finest resource. So there's 10 more of those articles that sort of go over the gist of, you know, why 
why this whole thing is a scam. But, so there's 10 more articles that kind of go into the same thing. But I found the mother load. I found the mother of all crazy articles. <laughs> and this is by Bitch Media. So when I found this, I was like, I honest to God, I'm like, they have to be kidding. It's bitch Media, why fat phobia is a queer issue. Which is one of my favorite things, you know. Uh, why ableism is a race issue, you know. Why homophobia is a woman's issue. They love why fat phobia is a woman's issue. But now, why fat phobia is a queer issue. And queer is always a funny one because, like, gay people maybe have been saying, like, stop calling stuff gay for a while. Whereas queer, that's, like, it never really went through that renaissance. So it still, like, registers to me as making fun of someone when you're like, yo, this guy's a queer. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. And, like, it just doesn't, uh, I'm queer. And you're like, don't say that about yourself. Like, it feels derogatory. Because no, I, there's never been, no one's ever used that, like, when I was growing up. Okay. Ever since radical feminist Judy Free Spirit, please tell me that is a fake name. <laughs> I'm a radical feminist. What's your name? Judy Free Spirit. <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> like, a, like a religious person. You know, it's like a super religious person. Oh, what's your name? Uh, Judy Super Stickler. <laughs> uh, Judy Not Fun. That's, uh, <laughs> I've been going by Judy Not Fun. <laughs> Uh, she founded something called the Fat Underground. So out of the gate, we got Judy F Free Spirit, overweight. She's got her, her organization. It's called the Fat Underground. Fat activists have worked to make visible the inseparability of homophobia and anti-fat prejudice. And you go, I'm listening. <laughs> Definitely waiting for the connection to be made. And I feel like they're going to come up with bangers. Today, I am a thriving Today, a thriving fat and queer community. <laughs> like, right? Doesn't, when you hear that, when you hear fucking fat queer community, do you hear it like, oh, amazing. Yeah, that is a, you know, very progressive community. Or you're like, don't say that. That's rude, dude. Oh, you hate those people? No, that's my boys. That's my crew, the fat queers. All right. Okay. To each his own. But queer communities more broadly have not embraced the cause of fat liberalization, which means, you know, if you were in the queer community, I guess, if you're like a dude looking for some nice ass, they unfortunately prefer like a chiseled dude with a firefighter hose sp spraying foam on everyone at a bar called Empty Closet. They prefer that to the guy sitting in the corner in a burlap sack mainlining Arby's burgers with extra sauce. I don't think that, I don't think that in general, gay and lesbian attitudes about body size make fat people feel accepted. Queer fat active. <laughs> Dude, I'm such a child sometimes. Queer fat activist Julie McCrossin remarks. <laughs> this is kind of all the things too where, you know, the, the funniest part about intersectionality in general where they're like, oh, you're a woman, you have to have these views. And you're like, well, half of them don't. And you're like, oh, you know, my friend JJ, who was on the podcast, they always used to say, it's like, you know, you're supposed to, Tim Dillon, it's like, oh, you're gay. You're supposed to, you know, here's the things you're supposed to think. Here's the people you're supposed to support. You have to be against all this other stuff because you're gay or because you're black. You got to vote this way. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you're gay. Oh, so uh, I guess you got to get on board with uh, having sex with fat, fat dudes. And you're like, I actually prefer, well, unfortunately, as a member of one, what I've considered a marginalized community, guess what? You got to be into the fatties. That's just part and parcel. Why the fat? Why the hell? The heck? 
with sucking a dick like have anything to do with like your preference of what someone looks at and you're like well it's very uh <laughs> you're, i guess you're a gay bigot your dick just with your dick in the mouth being like i like i'm skinny as an example, she points to the weight loss programs promoted by the Maltner Project that are premised on the belief that being fat is unhealthy, which is enough for me to cancel the Maltner Project in general. Risks associated with the morbidly obese are no greater than that of being male, and overweight people live longer than that of people of normal weight. No, they don't. <laughs> they just, like, throw this out there. You're like, no references to statistics. Just like, actually, fat people live longer, and you go, no, they don't. That's not true. Post your stats. Morbidly obese people do not live longer than people that are in good shape. That is incorrect. <laughs> they just put it in the article. Actually, you live longer if you're fat. Okay, sure. What's more, the claim that fatness is a health risk ignores the basic principle of statistical analysis. Correlation is not causation. The small differences in life expectancies between average size and very large people are most likely caused, not caused by being fat, and instead they are caused by the correlated factors of fatness, social stigma, economic discrimination, and the harmful effects of weight loss, dieting, and diet drugs. Most likely. <laughs> Probably, yeah. If you're, if you're really fat and you die 10 years younger, that's probably because of you know the social stigma and you go what are you talking about probably most likely based on what i just love like first of all fake statistics and then second of all you go most likely that's the reason it's kind of the trans thing where they're you know when trans people transition there's like a high suicide rate but there was the same suicide rate before and they go well that's just because people are mean to them and you go based on what like you're just saying that it's like and you're citing the correlation causation, and then you're doing the same thing. You're like, well, they've said it's because of this, like what, you know, the doctor said, like heart disease, and you're more likely to get diabetes and whatever million other things. And they're like, or because, you know, when they pick up food off the floor, people look at them. <laughs> There's also that sort of idea. And again, like, you know, whatever. Most people, as they get older, you put on 20 pounds, you got a chick, you're like, whatever, you know. What am I going to get friggin' abs for my girlfriend? What am I? You know, I'm not a swimsuit model. Who's this for? But I think most people are like, you know, don't eat friggin' McDonald's every day. If I'm putting on like 100 pounds, every person that I know that's like gotten skinny again is like, yeah, that was a lot. Not good. It's just kind of this idea that they're sort of pushing. It's like, it's all boils down to this, like that no one's better than this other person. So... <laughs> it's like looking at skinny person, you know, when you talk about skinny privilege and you're like, well, you just are lucky you get to be skinny. And you're like, no, most people that I know that are like in shape, go to the gym and try to like, you know, to some degree, watch what they eat, which is what makes, you know, people more productive. It's the same thing that when people look at someone that's successful and rich and they go, wow, they just, you know, it's easy for you to say you're rich. And you go, dude, if you had that job, you would quit in 10 seconds or run the company to the ground. Like a lot of people you know, that have things because they work for them. It's like, you look at a skinny person, a fat person, you go, yeah, different people do have different body types. But when you look at someone that's like 200 pounds overweight and you're like, well, they don't have the luxury of you. And you're like, you ate McDonald's three times in the last two days. Sick, you know, respect that you're partying like that. Go to McDonald's, just watch people get in fights. Like living that life. And the reason I say that is I was at, uh, I got a, a son, uh, McFlurry, 
which if I do say anything good about McDonald's, I recommend the ice cream products. It's probably the only thing that I would get there. But uh, I was there and there was this homeless lady, um, older black lady, like 60. She starts, you know, coming in. She's yelling and screaming at people and everyone's just like kind of, you know, one of those like just pretend she's not here. (laughs) The guys at the cash register. This is the second fight I've seen at the same McDonald's near my house. They're always, you know, just leave it alone. Younger black lady comes in. She's with her boyfriend. And then the older one comes and bumps into her and starts yelling at her like, get the fuck out of my face, you bitch, whatever. She's like yelling and screaming. And then the younger uh, lady goes, what the fuck you say? And she goes, shut up. And so they're arguing, you know, older, like crazy homeless lady. She goes, you fucking crackhead. She starts yelling and screaming at her, right? And um, the younger one, she goes to her boyfriend. She goes, yo, fuck this. She goes outside puts her bag down, asks her boyfriend to hold it, comes in, takes her earrings off, which takes a good 45 seconds, starts taking her earrings off, and then finally takes the earrings off, puts them in her fit, in her pocket, walks up to the old lady, and just punches her three times in the face. And she goes, ah, ah, I've been assaulted. And then the other, and then the girl walks away after the punches, goes, you fucking crackhead. And then the McDonald's people are kind of like, all right, you know, wrap it up. Like, we told you, you can't come here and start fighting people, and the other lady's already gone. And then I go to the counter, and I'm like, how's the McFlurry machine doing? Do you have Smarties? <laughs> quite quite a debacle in there. But just because people have them, it doesn't, you know, it's this idea that anyone that's doing better doesn't deserve it. And there are people that don't deserve it. But when people are skinnier, that's not always just because they were lucked out. Maybe when, you know, they're 14, there's certain people. Any adult that's in their like 40s, 95% of people, you get that's how you get the skinny pot belly. <laughs> You're going to pack them on if you don't stay in some sort of shape as you get older. And in my family... I have people that are in my extended family. I have people that are in good shape and I have people that are in bad shape. Lo and behold, the people that are in bad shape have died. (laughs) So, you know, it just is what it is. Since 1990, Americans have only experienced an average weight gain of 15 pounds. And it's like, (laughs) this is like three sentences in a row where they don't understand statistics. I love when people that like have no concept of you know, mathematics or anything to do in that realm, you know, try to cite them and you go, okay, Americans have gained an average of 15 pounds, which you're saying like, you know, the hypothesis is that's not much. It's not 15 pounds for person, you stupid idiot. It's half the people stayed the same and half the people gained 30 pounds or a thir- two thirds stayed kind of similar. And one group of people gained 45 pounds. This is not, it's a lot of people getting really fat. It's not like across the board, we all gained 50 pounds. So you, in the people that are making up for like a ton of, you know, half the country that's normal weight, you know, the other half of the country put on like 30, 40 pounds on average, which is a ton. That's crazy. That's a, that is a lot. And they're like, good, our movement is growing. No pun intended. I love that people, like, I I love they sort of look at it like, yeah, sick. Like, people finally embracing the being fat sick. Come over to the big side. (laughs) If, it's kind of like if the boys go into town, (laughs) me, you know, me and all the boys, we roll into town and they go, crushed pussies went up by 2%. And you're like, Whoa, everyone's fucking more? It's like, nah, me and the boys cast dudes rolled into town and we're putting up numbers. Everyone else is still probably less and we're still making up for it. Now the dogs are in town. Yeah, it's not 15 pounds per person. You know, conservatives often claim that homosexuality is a lifestyle and body size is determined primarily by genetics. And yet 
Like queer people living with HIV or AIDS, fat people are often stigmatized for a condition that is imagined to be their fault. So, basically, someone that has AIDS and someone that's overweight is the same thing. Except for one crucial difference, one of those can be reversed. Actually, fairly easily. This is a condition that is not our fault. They go, if it's a condition that can't be changed. And you know, whatever, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Kind of boils down to that thing where it's like, I agree, there's a lot of people that, you know, I say all the time, millennials got a worse deal. And there's lots of different people where I go, I understand why you're mad. You know, people that are in Washington right now, it's like, I understand like how you're feeling. I usually can empathize with like kind of most people's perspective, but you go, what are you gonna do about it? It's like, yeah, I, you could say, you know, I, I grew up poor. My family was all fat. I don't know anything about dieting. I don't have money now. I love McDonald's. I can't stop. And you go, okay, 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 okay. But what are you going to do about it? And you go, well, they're lucky. They don't have to. Do- I, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's your life. You know, what is what do you get by comparing to other people? What are you going to do? And they go, well, we can't do anything. I go, well, here's a bunch of people that used to be fat and aren't. So, and you go, oh, well, they can do it because of this and this. And you go, well, enjoy your life. I guess try to change the world. You need my new sketch that's coming up, which is a therapist that just tells you everything, everyone else's fault. Instead of focusing on what you could do different, a new therapy that focuses far more on how the world should change. And you go, the accountability free therapy sessions harangued about their weight by medical professionals. (laughs) This is where it starts to get pretty good. How was uh, your doctor visit? I was harangued by the medical professionals. (laughs) What did they do? They made me step on the scale. Well, what I would like is to step on the scale. And they put a, a, a piece of paper over top of that, a piece of tape with the words written, you're beautiful. And then if it's a fun doctor, rip that tape. And there's another tape that says to be continued for the fellas. There was a big Twitter thread recently in, in all this stuff that someone said, you know, I went to the doctor and the doctor asked, you know, would I have permission to look at their weight after they stepped on the scale? And he said, I'm just happy to live in a, or the girl said, I'm just happy to live in a progressive society. This is positive change where the doctor, you know, doesn't know. And I go, it's all back to that thing. It's like, do women need baby gloves or not? You wouldn't see that happening with a man. It's old school, 1920. Never ask a woman her weight. Baby gloves. Does this sound familiar? So harangued by the medical professionals and subjected to a barrage of advertisements (laughs) promoting cures. Imagine like, you know, sitting, walking down, driving down the road and there's like a thing being like, you know, advertisement for a gym and you go, I can't believe this barrage that I'm being subjected to, to trying to cure me when I am perfect of this supposed disorder. Here we go. And they say, does this sound familiar? Remember psychiatrists' attempt to cure homosexuality? What they are saying here, and you heard right, they are saying that this is fat conversion therapy. (laughs) Gyms and diets are fat conversion therapy. So the same way that they used to go to gay people and say, you know, this is a lifestyle choice, you can't be gay, we'll make you go to gay conversion therapy. I have a buddy... um, that actually went to J.C. Best. He's a comic in New York. And he was married to a girl. And he 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 wanted to not be... And he started, you know, being gay. 
<laughs> so he, he was gay and he was like, I was watching all this gay porn and he was like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get enough, just dong hound like in the video. And so he went to the conversion therapy and he said it was a lot of like yelling and pillows and stuff and, you know, trying to say they they try to trace it back to like their parents and stuff like that and try to trace where the gayness came from. <laughs> they try to trace the breadcrumbs of where you started being gay. They're like, you know, tell us about uh, your college years. Did you watch any of Lena Dunham's? I did watch a couple episodes of Girls. It's like, okay, let's tell me more about that. You know, they try to trace it back to where you started being gay. And he said, it's a lot of yelling. They make you yell, ah, <laughs> yell at the gayness. And I said, did it work? And he was like, kind of for a little bit. <laughs> he was like, I kind of stopped uh, being gay for a little bit and then went to my wife and he's like, what about now? He's like, pretty gay now. <laughs> it's so funny. So he's like, yeah, gay conversion therapy didn't work. But. He's, they're saying that a diet, which the difference is it does work. Like there's, you know, professional athletes that, you know, whenever you see Leonardo DiCaprio, he's fucking on a boat, 800 pounds overweight with like nine fucking 18 year old models. And they go, uh, and then the next time you see him in a movie, he's like kind of chiseled again. <laughs> Was that, they used fat conversion therapy and it's like, but he's still a fat guy inside from that moment. It's like, no, he just got fat, got skinny, but they're calling diets fat conversion therapy. And I'm like, yo, sweet. I appreciate your work and all that you do. I also don't really think they should stop there because you're right. When they say that fatness is a queer issue and that diets are gay conversion therapy, I also think that you should notice that when you go to stores, they have sections for larger people and they have, you know, stores that make, you know, larger people's clothes, big and tall stores. And those stores are basically segregation. It's kind of like when white and black people used to have different water fountains, they have to use separate stores. So I would consider that also the same. I don't think it's just a queer issue. I think it's a race issue. And the same time, the same way that men and women have different sections in the store, I would consider that segregation. Also, when you have skinny kids, you know, when you have also when you have kids that are skinny and active and they are transitioning into fat people like they they're and, you know, holding their rightful place, you have other people trying to prevent them from transitioning. Sound familiar? When people don't want children to transition to a girl, people also don't want children to transition into fat people. Classic conservatives. You know, they're always up to their own tricks. It's a fat issue. It's a trans issue. It's a race issue. And it's a queer issue. But while the harmful conversion therapy that religious conservatives practice has rightfully been the target of political protest, the medically sanctioned use of weight conversion therapy is not. So I would love to see, you know, a bunch of fat people form a line, thick line, hands up, stop fat conversion therapy. It is our legal right we want fat marriage to <laughs> to be continued to be legalized. Stop fat conversion therapy, you know. And then you have the you know the hardcore like all Christian people with like the you know God hates fats and stuff like that. It's very very similar. I see people walking around all the time with God hate fats signs. They've been prevented from getting married. It's a queer issue. Perhaps as LGBTQ people are beginning to gain legitimacy and a fill in must be found. And fill in, they will. And fat people, along with other outsiders, such as Muslims, immigrants, and the homeless, and the mentally ill. 
Gay people have been living the dream up on the high horse. You got their seat at the table, don't you? Whereas we don't get our two seats at the table each that we need. Must be nice. Gays have dropped in the hierarchy. They're saying gay people killing it just on their golden throne, covered in gum. Two lesbians just scissoring on a magic carpet, palace, and then look it. Below them, Muslims, immigrants, the homeless, and the fats. What a desperate attempt to make your identity important. These people are out here. We couldn't get married legally. Now we can. Now gay people are pretty, you're doing good. And they're like, you think that's bad? You think that's bad? I have to be subjected to driving down the road and seeing signs for health food. So, yeah, it's not so great being fat. I want to do a video about a guy that played a fat suit movie. And it's me, but like I'm looking back. So I, I need to find like a fat suit makeup artist person. And I started looking on the internet because I want to do that. <laughs> I get the, a suit. And I'm saying like, you know, I was the number one fat suit guy. And I look back and I'm ashamed of what I did. And then cut to the movies and they're like really over the top. Like, I'm a fat. Give me some cake. <laughs> it's basically what the kind of like what the movies were in Tropic Thunder where they're all just farting. Just I, I just like a tortured fat suit, just apologizing for my past of making these horrible fat suit movies in the new political class. All these classes are sort of, uh, you know, they're vying for the status. And I got to say, if it's a race, fat people, you're going to have to wear two pairs of running shoes because not moving at the same pace. I would say if I were to say the hierarchy... Fat people aren't even in the mix because you're not a type of person. That is not, you're the only one of these things that kind of can be changed. You're gay, Muslim, you're mentally ill. Homeless, I guess, can be changed. But, you know, a lot of times those homeless people, it's like, you're like, why is this guy homeless? And then he starts, you know, speaking in his own language that he made up and throwing shit around. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, this person's mentally ill and that sucks. Obviously, sometimes you see the homeless guys where it's like dude with a mohawk. He's got a dog, you know, chilling. That's the old Paul Thompson drill, just crushing beers with the boys. And you go, okay, that guy probably doesn't need to be doing this. And maybe he won't be after a while. Maybe he's just, you know, he's in it for the homeless sniz. He figured out, he's like, dude, are you kidding me? There's like a whole market of homeless sniz that we can just crush. All this stuff kind of reminds me of like pops, like, you know, bro science and mom science where it's like things that weren't really proven, you know, when they say like breakfast is the most important meal of the day or like don't swim after eating. And you're like, a lot of people kind of come out and you're like, it's not really true. (laughs) You know, just people have said it enough times. I mean, you know, your cycles and a million other things, you know, how you train your body to eat depend on what's more important. You know, a lot of people are into the not eating breakfast. And so it's these things that people just say enough. And then eventually saying it enough, more most people just kind of think think it's true because of the repetition. And they say, fat we've known for a long time is a feminist issue. But seven but Susie Orbach's best selling book of the title, Fat is a Feminist Issue, was the title of the book, has a decidedly fat phobic thesis. And you go, 
That's just because you don't care when it's men. It's the same as the Billie Eilish thing. It's like, this isn't a feminist issue. You just don't give a shit when it's men. When someone is making fun of the butt, you don't step in. You don't care. You don't write articles about it. You only care when it's women. And then you go like, look, at here's all these articles about, you know, women that have been called fat. It's like, because no one is writing. If a guy is complaining that too many people are calling him fat, he's yelling down a well. I want to go the other way. Being tired at work is a men's issue. <laughs> the slur, fat, ugly dyke, is used to police women of all sizes and sexual orientations, which exemplifies the deeply noted intersections between fat phobia and homophobia. Can't decide whether they think fat's like sweet, where they're like, yo, I'm fat. Like, you know, <laughs> positive. Like they used to, yo, that guy's so fat. You know, that's a woman, a fat woman. You know, with a fat community, like it's almost positive. But it's almost like they're trying to turn that into their F word. But unfortunately, the F word's taken. You know, gay people, I think that's what all this is about. Gay people are like, yo, you can't say our F word. And fat people are like, don't say our F. Uh, all right. I guess the O word for obese can be our, we can have the O word. O, O. It's what the scale says when you step on. Whoa. I think that all fat cops are bastards. F cab. At the end of the day, we need to defund the police, but we also need to abolish the fat police, most importantly. Policing men, women's bodies by not having sex with them, which it always kind of boils down to. All these, uh, whether it's the trans issue, the fat issue, like if you boil a lot of it down, it's like people won't even fuck us. <laughs> sure enough, a new federally funded study plans to determine why lesbian and bisexual women and girls among are among the hardest hit by this obesity epidemic. Imagine citing that even the you know even the government is doing a study on this this that doesn't show that you're right it shows how crazy the government is and how much these insane ideas have infected what federal money is being spent on this proves that the psychopath lobby is alive and powerful even the government's doing an doing a, you know, study to prove that, you know, fat and lesbian stuff's all the same. And you go, yeah, they're up to some wacky ass shit and it should be defunded. It's kind of like the healthcare thing a little bit too that I always talk about. It's like, I'm of the opinion and I won't go into so much details again because I have said I'm of the opinion that America should have a two-tier healthcare system. And the first tier is publicly funded. But you, it's very difficult when everyone is acting so crazy and you see immediately how it's not even going to get 20 years before it gets completely out of control. And it's like, when you're talking about this stuff, you go, you know, you should believe our thing. And you go, we've already got government spending money on these fat programs and to prove that, you know, fat people are a group and they're just, and you go all this stuff and you go, okay, I don't want another cent to go to this. It's like the healthcare thing when it happened in Canada, it, you know, it takes not that long before it's like, okay. And also, you know, you should pay for everyone's therapy. You know, the amount of people I've posted being like the government should be paying for our therapy. And it's like an extra $600 a month for your therapy. And it was like, what are you talking about? So it's like, if people can't agree on like a basic level of like what that means, it's kind of like people, you know, a guy telling his 
you know, parents like, hey, I want to have some friends over. And they're like, okay, you can have a couple friends over. And it's like, no, if I'm having friends over, I'm having 10 trillion thousand friends over. And they're like, you can't have that. And he's like, my parents won't even let me have friends over. And you're like, because you're being unreasonable. These people, it's like, they're so unreasonable that it's hard to like give them what they want, even if you kind of agree on it, because you know it's going to get co-opted and turn into this like insane thing. So people, it's hard to like get on board with their things. You see, with just like nonstop with every movement, you're like, yeah, I mean, maybe that's good. And then you go, then they're like, and this, and this, and this. And you go, all right, you know, good luck with your fight. But like, you've made it too crazy for me to get involved now. I can want to put my stamp on this nuttiness. Anti-obesity programs directed at people of color and queer women. Woo! It's a black issue too. <laughs> oh, and not just black people. It's every, you know, whether you're Latino, black, native, all of these people. This is an issue. Fatness is an issue for everyone except for white men. <laughs> Fatness is a woman's issue. Fatness is a queer issue. Straight white men. Fatness is a race issue and fatness is a gender issue. It's an issue for everyone except for me. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Great. I'm glad that, you know, I'm immune to fatness being an issue. I'll tell you, I got some boys. Tell that to fat so local fat so Daniel Polish Chuck. Say that to his face. That fatness isn't a straight white man issue. <laughs> well, I, I beg you, bitches.com, track him down at Danny Jokes and have the audacity to say it to his face. That being fat doesn't affect straight white men. <laughs> I haven't released this video yet, but I did a video where I said the small dick community. And the idea was they said racism is a small dick energy. And I was like saying the small dick community, just because we have small dicks now, we're racist. And I had Danny's, I kept putting up Danny's photo as a member of the small dick community. <laughs> Making me chuckle. Say it to his face. Anti-obese programs directed at people of color and queer people will only exasperate the problem that Wilson names fat white privilege. So if you are fat, you know, and I'm talking to you, Daniel, <laughs> fat white privilege. As fat queer activists, <laughs> I, sometimes I hate myself. I go, okay, you, that's the fifth time you've seen that word. Stop it. Stop being a little baby. But... Alas, this is how I live. Fat queer activist. I'm a fat queer activist. <laughs> what do you do for a living? I'm a fat queer activist. Mar <laughs> fat queer activist Margarita Rossi observes in an interview with Julia Horrell of The Shameless Magazine, fat hatred is often used to up uphold racism and vice versa. She's like halfway through her article and she's like, stop talking about the queer stuff. She's like, oh, it's already under race. They can't, can't, can't keep track of their own fucking bullshit. Isn't this article one of the craziest ones? I went through a bunch of fat queer articles and I was like, this one, woo, they aren't messing around. How does anyone at this publication read this fucking garbage and be like, nailed it, nailed it. I think you, someone's on track for editor. The fact, oh man, it's kind of like, the fat queer community, when you say, like it, like I keep saying, it sounds 
derogatory and i guess the idea is to take the power back but it's like it feels like if women were like the annoying community has something to say and you're like you just call women the annoying community and you're like yeah well you've been calling us annoying so we're taking the word back by calling ourselves the annoying community anyways me and some of my girls we call we started an organization called the fat annoying women and you're like i mean your words not mine <laughs> all right i'm being silly Get it together, Ryan. There's, the Washington is being torn down as we speak. And you're out here laughing at someone being called a fat queer. Get it together. I need to look my, give myself a good look in the mirror and see where my values lie. I refuse to participate in the mistreatment of an entire group of people. They love their groups. They need to form a wall, like I said. Four or five people should do it. <laughs> Build the fat wall and block the hate. As I've said before, every person that's ever known that's lost a bunch of weight, they go, best I've felt. They said, we need to find something else to praise them for instead. Eliminate the words obese and overweight from your lexicon and substitute them for the simple word fat. Overweight seems like the... Am I missing something here? Like, if you're like, yo, look at this fat person. If you, if you say, you know, what would they look like? You go, you know, they're like a little overweight. And you go, they were kind of fat. You kind of... It was a fat chick. You know, it was a, you know, a bigger girl, like overweight chick. Like, that seems nicer to me. It's like mentally challenged as opposed to retarded. Like, how is fat... Like, I, I guess it's like a take the power back thing. But you go, the... You know, just saying, there's like a bigger girl. Like, especially I'm in the black communities. Like, some people will be like, yeah, a girl was like a little bigger. You know, like, they like it. I've seen that be positive. I don't do that are into bigger girls. But then they, no one's like, love fat chicks. You know, it's kind of... <laughs> that was... I can't remember where this came from. Maybe it was Danny or something. But we were laughing at the idea that Trump comes out for his like final speech and he just wears a shirt that says no fat chicks. Just like one final troll to end all trolls. <laughs> they said, then you start looking at large people. So large people's fine. Large people's fine. Fat's good. Obese is out. Overweight's out. It's all a queer issue. <laughs> Calling them queers is good. Ouchie, my head. You start looking at large people in a new way. Notice that fat folks are as beautiful and sexy as anyone else. I think the government should subsidize they being boned by male models, jacked six-pack, paid for, gigolos, deuce bigolo, the fat effing gigolo. That should be part of a government subsidy package. They are such female incels, it is insane. We deserve better. We are the exact same beautifulness is a guy being like, oh, just because this guy is like good looking and rich and powerful girls like him, this fucking Chad. These people are like, oh, just because this Stacy isn't 800 pounds overweight because of her, you know, skinny priv. If previously you have ruled out fat people as potential sexual partners and were there, rule them back in. <laughs> Fuck us. Fuck us. We're near to be fucked. First of all, you can get you can get it. You know, they always go liberals get the bullet too. And the communists or whatever. It's like, fat chicks get the dick too. Come on. I talk about this so much on stage where it's like, you go to like a, you know, you talk a group of girls and you go, when was the last time you had sex with a 600 pound man? Like never. Ask a group of guys, you know, some fat chick. You guys want to take a spin? Guys are like, can we all take one? <laughs> it's just... 
You can get it. You a girl, a fat chick can go on Tinder, swipe everyone. You get some D within the week. It's my favorite topic, I think. Maybe not my favorite, but this is the craziest. It makes me laugh the most. Maybe not the one I'm passionate about, about the most, but probably the one that makes me laugh the most. I just did Bridget Fetessy's podcast, and she kind of said the exact same thing. She was like, dude, I can't stop thinking about the fatphobic stuff. And I'm like, low-key, me either. <laughs> I tell you, when I'm writing, it was like Muslims was the other thing I got obsessed with. When I was doing, when I was writing stand-up, I would sit there and I'd be like, this is, I got a, <laughs> a lot of fat stuff. <sighs> so they say, if you ruled them out, if you were looking for a partner and you say, who am I going to be with? When you're picking a bed for your potential partner, get that extra large because stop ruling them out. Discover the fat blogosphere or the fattosphere, they say. Well, it's definitely the right shape. They're always demanding they sleep with you. Fatosphere is incredible. This is so this whole thing's a 10. It's a masterpiece. If I found out that Titania McGrath wrote it, I would be not surprised. Eat a cookie, eat some pie, skip the goal, skip the guilt. I mean, now we're at it's a black issue, it's a queer issue. Eat pie <laughs> and fuck us. This is a doozy. 2021 ain't all bad if they keep these bangers coming towards me. They need their status as a marginalized group. I want it to be recognized by the government. I want them to do the same thing as Antifa did, where they start their own republic, the Republic of Fat. And they just, and they live happily ever after, you know, until, I guess with that, if that happened and the government had to go to war with the republic, they would just have to do a uh, embargo on lard. <laughs> Fuck me. The fucking silly cast today. I remember just to go back, the final thing about, you know, to bring it back to like my hypothesis is no, it's not a women's issue. No, being trashed online is not a women's issue. It's a person in the public eye interest. And when it does happen to women, they get treated with more kid gloves, which is fine. But you can't have it both ways. You can't say everything's equal. There should be the same amount of this and this job. There should be the same amount of this and this job. If you're also going to say they're living by somewhat of a different standard in a bunch of other realms. I'm of the opinion that, yeah, it probably is a bit different and that's fine. You go, you're right. Making fun of fat guys is not the same as making fun of fat girls. And you're right. You Killing a girl on her appearance and killing a guy on his appearance isn't the same thing. But I'm also of the appearance that Men are better at certain things and women are better at certain things. So I have a coherent philosophy. When I was doing that tour in Tampa, one of the, the stage was like, one side of the stage was all like big dudes. And by the way, these guys were killing me on this and that. But there's like three fat guys and I was, you know, going hard on the fact that their side of the stage was going to need structural repairs. One of them had a shirt that said fed. And I said it stood for fat guys eating dinner. <laughs> I was liking that. But... They were getting it back, but not in a million years would I do that if I was a chick. If I saw three chicks over there, I'd be like, look at this fucking bunch of fat chicks. <laughs> I would never live that down. I'd be so mean. It is not the same thing. So the bottom line is have sex with a big girl. That's all you need to know <laughs> as we roll into 2021. I'd like to do some shout outs. To everyone who joined the Patreon and anyone who's done 20 or more, we have Brian Krahal, Chris Brogoli, Ryan Jensen, Emily B., Janet Hickerson, 
Jay Stonier, Starkey, Thomas Mullen, Nan Hayworth, and WW. That's the name, and they're sticking to it. Appreciate everyone. I have something in cool in store for it next week, and I have lots of cool stuff in store for 2021. Depending on what happens this week, you know, this will be coming out Friday. Things are going to get wild. I'm going to have to be talking. I'm going to have to be addressing some, you know, I'm going to have to make my statement. <laughs> I thought Luis Gomez posted, Go might stand by and stand down or whatever. And I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> the boys will have to figure out how we are reacting to what is happening in Washington. And the American Republic degrading slowly into a civil war, which will tear us all apart, tear families apart. And I will try desperately to get back to Canada. And my only hope is once I am stabbed, beaten, brutally abused by the New York rebels, I can crawl back to deep Washington to get to Tim Pool's bunker. <laughs> Dude, some people I know are set. They got fucking guns and bunkers. All I got is one bodega guy that plays, pulls a guitar out and plays it. So I can only hope that bodega guy can stop me when the bullet comes for me in my New York City apartment. Don't do stand-up shows on the subway. <laughs> this has been The Boys Cast. Oh!